It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Father, we just thank you for the word that you've put on our heart. Lord, we thank you for Casey and Charity. Lord, we thank you for their hearts. We thank you for their love uh, for the body. Lord, their love for you. And I I just ask that you um, would just cause a a fresh anointing to fall on her this morning. Lord, would you just give her an upgrade as she ministers to the body? Lord, we just, we honor her. We thank you for her teaching gift. We thank you for the prophetic that's uh, in her life, Lord. We we just thank you for such a blessing to the body of Christ and to this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it's green. Am I on? I usually like to have a microphone because I get all um, spunky. And the microphone makes me feel like I have something, but that's okay. I'll just, I'll use my hands, but I'm not punching you, okay? That's not what that is. How is everybody this morning? It's so, oh, I see your shirt, Beauty for Ashes, right there. So good to be back with you guys. I think the last time I was here and speaking was in February after the Beauty for Ashes conference, yes? So I had some testimonies even this morning, so thank you for being such a gift. Each time we come here, it's so interesting. You know how you, in life, you have people that you, you tolerate love. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I love you because you're part of the body of Christ. And then you have people where you're like, these are my people. These are my people. When we come here, we feel so... I actually have to say to myself on the way in and on the way out, I'm not supposed to live here. I'm not supposed to live here. I'm not supposed to live here. God is not calling me to this. So, But I just love it so much. It's such a place of warmth and fellowship and community. This week in particular has been really fun. I got the invitation from Justin. Actually, Justin and I were talking on the phone, and we were like, you know, one of the hardest parts of leading can be that people might think that you have it all together. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and you're like, I absolutely do not have it all together. So one of the things that we have done for each other is Justin came and he did a little cleanup, as we'd like to say, with our team in Dallas and then invited me to do the same. And as I was praying about what I was going to share today, I thought, who does that? Like, who really says, 
I'm a leader. I'm going to come in. I want to be completely and totally vulnerable. I want to be transparent. I'm willing to go where the Lord is going to take us, no matter what that looks like, whether it's messy or not. And in the best way, it was messy, right? Whether it's messy or not, because I'm so sold out. I am so sold out to what Jesus wants in my life and for the body of Christ. And that's your leadership team. That's who they are. They do deserve a big round of applause. So I was praying about what I was going to speak about. As always, every time I come here, I have a message prepared. And then literally, like the morning of, God goes, no, not that one. I'm like, what? That was so easy. I already had it all. had some little bullet points that I could send to Justin and all of that. But as I was praying this morning and thinking about it, and really just taking you guys before the Lord with exactly what I just said to you, like, what an incredible group of people. What do you want for them? And I just kept hearing the word sanctification, sanctification. It's about sanctification. And so I thought, okay, I think that's what we're going to talk about today is sanctification. Some of you have heard my testimony. Some of you have not. I'm going to only spend like three minutes on it because I'm about to take you to a place that you're willingly going to go, right? Yes. But before I do, I want you to trust me because one of my least favorite things is when people get up on a stage and they're like, my life is awesome. And if you were as awesome as me, you'd be in the glory cloud. And you're like, I, you know, like I was kicking my husband this morning. I don't even know what you're talking about, right? I did say I was wearing my um, kicking boots today. So y'all watch out. But anyway, one of the things that makes it hard is when they talk about these principles and concepts and I don't know what they're talking about and I don't know who they are and I'm not sure that I even trust them. So as we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about me. My parents uh, were divorced very early. I was the third child for my mom by the age of 19 by three different men. My mom is a recreational, is currently a recreational drug user and an alcoholic God has done just miraculous work in our relationship, but the environment that I grew up in lent itself to a lot of chaos, as you can imagine, when someone is a drug user and alcoholic. So we moved from place to place. I never went to the same school for a whole year. We had men in and out of our lives, and abuse ran rampant in our house. I feel like that's such an understatement. We live now in, you know, 2023, And it's, I feel like, just a lot more hidden, you know. But abuse was, um, I I didn't know any different. Y'all know what I mean by that. Like, I didn't know that people didn't get yelled and screamed at for no reason or things thrown at them or beatings for answering the phone the wrong way or whatever. I just thought everybody's life was like that. Until one day at school, they called us in, and this was really awesome, took our clothes off and looked at us and said, oh, my gosh, we're going to take you away. Uh, we're going to call CPS. So we had this encounter with CPS, and this was in 1980. I'm 48, so I was born in 1975. This was in 1980 while I was in kindergarten. And CPS was a little different back then, so they said, I tell you what, if you will move, you can keep the kids, and we won't remove them. On one hand, that was really great. Um, We, you know, we were not put into the system. But on the other hand, it lent itself to just continued patterns of behavior. Make sense? 
So I became, I was sensitive. I was a seer and a feeler. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew I could walk in a room and I knew who to avoid and when I could feel it, you know, and I would be like, mom, please don't make me go to so-and-so's house, you know? Um, so I just began to hide. I figured out that if you stayed really quiet and you hid, less bad things happened, right? So I began to hide, but God had given me this voice. In case you can't tell, I'm an extrovert. And so hiding for me was a little difficult, but it also brought safety. So I began to make these inner vows and these things about, I just won't speak or I just won't do this and then I'll be safe. Fast forward, and I become a teenager, and now I'm in a little bit better environment. My mom has been with the same person for a while, but I am as wild as they come. You can imagine that if you drank and smoked weed with your mom from the time that you were about 12, that you would probably be a little bit of a wild child. We lived in a small town similar to Kerrville called Princeton, Texas. I had moved out there to have a sense of safety and comfort, and I was the, the wild one at school. So it was kind of weird. I lived in both worlds. And the whole point of my testimony today is I wanted to get to this point right here. On one hand, I was the mascot. And I was in with that group, the in crowd. And then on the other hand, I was in with the, we're going to party. We're going to do all the kind of crazy things, you know, walking home at 5 a.m. through fields after partying all night kind of thing. So I ended up being the place where people would come when they wanted to do bad things. Um, My mom was a bartender. She was never home. So our house became that way. And I learned something. Do you want to hear what I learned? You can look one way on the outside, but you can be a totally different person on the inside. And you can trick people. And you can trick yourself. You can lie to yourself and say, it's really not that bad. I really just want to have some fun It's really going to be okay. And so you can live a double life, right? So fast forward, I end up getting pregnant, and I, you know, am the mascot, which is far more important than a child's life at that time to me. Can you believe that those were the thoughts that I had? But my mom said, if you don't get an abortion, I'm going to kick you out. You cannot live here and have a baby. So I have an abortion and go into this place of deep depression, somehow God begins to speak to me and all of that. And I understand that he's real, but now I feel like I've disappointed him. Do y'all know what I mean? Because I've been living this double life, right? And now I've done this thing and, and there wasn't any authentic goodness about my behavior. This external stuff was just a show. So I was feeling very ugly on the inside. I had some complications with the abortion went to the doctor, thought that I might not ever be able to have children again, and thought, you know what, I'm getting exactly what I deserve. Have any of you ever had that thought about something? I did all these bad things. I'm getting exactly what I deserve. And then that made me angry at God. Well, you know what? You suck. If you do, sorry. If you, <laughs> if you do exist, then you punish, and you're not very kind, And why would I want to have anything to do with you anyway? Plus, I feel like I have to pretend to be accepted by people who claim to love you. So I'm pretty peace out on this. And then proceeded to live that way for quite a while. Met my husband at happy hour. 
at 19. He had grown up in a Christian home. Uh-huh. He'd grown up in a religious home, let me say it that way. And then he comes in, and there was no religion about me. And so he was like, whoa, this could be really fun. <laughs> yes. And so I was determined to um, enlighten him. He just did not know how dumb he was to be a Christian. But don't you worry. I'm very intelligent, so I will enlighten you. So he was already a believer, began to really talk about the things of the Lord. And, y'all, I could out-argue any person at that time, you know. So we end up getting married, and we have this. We move away. I am trying to fast-forward this, but we have this Bible study. He asked me to go. I go, oh, yeah, I'll go to your Bible study. And I'll prove them wrong. These poor people, y'all, would prepare. I don't know how long they would prepare for, but I would prepare also. And I would come in, and I was ready. I was ready to hammer them. I was ready to tear apart their theology. I was ready to convince them that they were all dumb. Here is the part, the worst part. Are you ready? It was not hard to do. It was not difficult to tear apart their theology, and it was not difficult to make them doubt the goodness of God. Because once we get saved, something happens to a lot of us, and we get stuck. And we go, man, I was living this kind of wild and crazy life, and then God shows up, and boom, now I'm saved, and I'm done. That is awesome. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? We go to church on a Sunday morning. We hear these incredible worship songs. We get moved. We get wiped out in that moment for that five minutes. And then we're like, are we going for barbecue or steak for lunch? Like, which one? I'm not beating us up. I'm saying I have done the same exact thing. We come in. We're looking for an experience. We're looking for an encounter so that we can fill up enough to go out for only probably five more minutes, because y'all don't lie, some of y'all have left this parking lot and gotten into a huge fight with your spouse or gone and treated someone really poorly at the restaurant or whatever, right? What is that? What is that? I go right back to that high school moment that's us looking good on the outside. It's us checking our religious boxes. We're even moved by the power of God sometimes in the moment, but something's not changing. Where are we at in our sanctification process? And that is the question. So obviously, you can tell I did end up accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. It took nine months. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I ended up miscarrying and thought, I really do need to figure out how I feel about the Lord. You know, I told you I'd had the abortion, so I felt like the miscarriage, kind of I deserved it, and then I just wanted to discover. So we ended up going to church Got baptized when I was nine months pregnant, or eight months pregnant. Took me, it was literally, a, never mind, I was going to say something mean about myself. It was very large and in charge in the baptismal is what I'm saying, you know. It was like a flotation device in there. So anyway, um, but when I got saved, something very interesting happened. It was the same thing. I just started checking boxes. I was passionate for the Lord. I felt like I had been completely redeemed. I knew that something was different. But now I was super intrigued by the rules of Christianity. Oh, this is super fun. I've had no rules. I've had no boundaries. I'm going to check all the boxes. So you just give me the list of things to do, and I'll do it. 
I went around, I knocked on people's doors and did something called evangelism explosion. Any of y'all ever heard of that? Don't do it, okay? (laughs) Sorry. I love you, whoever created that program, but there should be some discipleship with it, you know? But I was so on fire, I would knock on the door and I would be like, you're really awful and terrible and bad, but Jesus, and they would be like, oh, okay, Jesus, you know? And then I'd be like, deuces, you're on your own, you know? So began to do that. I got pregnant again. We're knocking on doors. I am trying to have a quiet time. I've got my whole, like, um, I prayed and what was this? Yield or pray? One of those acronyms. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like I was very spiritual. You know, I had all the things lined up and how I was going to encounter God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm going to go after you, God. I mean, forget the fact that you're holy or good or righteous or desire a relationship with me. This is my job. I'm in charge. Famous last words, right? So... Fast forward, we have our second son. A lot of you know this part of our story. Um, When he was 15 months old, he died in a drowning accident. Worst thing that has ever happened to me, obviously, darkest, darkest night of the soul. But in that moment, I was at a crossroads, and I just realized, like, who is this God? This is hard. This is really difficult. We're not playing church anymore. I can't just check a box and feel good. This is very wrong, and I don't understand, and I need to know. I need to know this God that I'm serving, and is he good? Does he care about me? Why did this happen? I have been checking the boxes. I'm so good at this thing. Lord, what is up with this? I remember saying to Casey one morning, I'm at a crossroads. I see it. Like, I literally see it in the spirit. And if I go left, I'll never come back, ever. But if I go right, there is life and life abundantly. And I don't know what it looks like, and I don't even know if I believe. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do I really believe that it can happen? I don't know, but the word says it can. And so... People hate it when I say this, but I don't care. I was like, I will fake it until I make it, but not on the outside. On the inside, I will choose to believe and receive the truth of God's word, even if I don't feel it. And I'll do it until I do feel it, and we'll get there. And that began my actual journey with the Lord. That began began the moment that I was truly redeemed that I truly was in relationship with him, that I truly knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was way bigger than I could ever imagine or understand and that he was pursuing me, that I didn't have to check a box, that he was faithful and true. But for someone who had been fake on the outside, what does that look like? How do we do this thing called sanctification? How do we really walk with the Lord in authenticity? How do we get gut level honest with him? How do we say, this is awful and I don't understand and hear from him? Are any of you in a place this morning where you might need to hear from him? Where you want to get gut level honest, where you're done 
with the whole thing on the outside. I literally just want you to unzip it and take it off and be real and authentic and raw with him because he created you and he loves you. And that's the desire of his heart. So I'm going to get to the actual message now. Are you all ready? <laughs> all right. I get for, y'all see why I need a microphone? Because I get all, <laughs> you know. All right. So how did we do it? And how do we continue to walk through life in this place of victory? Where did, how do we get from there to being on this? I'm going to sit for a moment because I, lest you think that I'm being prideful. How did I get from there to being able to sit right here with you and your home and your community to be able to talk about what this looks like? Yield. That's how we got here. That's the word for today. Yield. I started to live a yielded life. And let me just tell you, (laughs) there is no bigger challenge than living a yielded life because we come from these backgrounds of hurt and pain and brokenness. And our response says, I never want to feel that way again. I never want to go there again. I'll do anything to protect myself and to stay safe. We make these vows about protection and it hardens our hearts. It takes these little pieces of our hearts. There's, um, are y'all familiar with John Sanford? Anybody know who that is? Sort of the father of inner healing, right? Prophetic movement, amazing man. But he says that there are these parts of our hearts that are left unredeemed and unsaved because we're protecting them. I'm so afraid to be yielded because it might be painful. I'm so afraid to forgive because it might mean that I'm accepting of what this person has done. I'm afraid, but God can take your fear and he can minister to those places in your heart. And not only can he, but that's the desire of his heart. He says, I'm so proud of you for giving me the parts that you have, but let's just move those out of the way. I want that part. I want that piece that you don't want to give me out of fear. The word says that we work out our salvation with what? Fear and trembling. That is very real. Fear and trembling. In John 10.10, Jesus tells us that he came to give us life and give it abundantly. I've heard this verse misquoted, misused, mistreated so many times. I've seen it on the, you know, don't be offended if this is you, okay? (laughs) Maybe I won't say that. I'm going to say it. I've seen it on, you know, the border to a ranch of a million acres kind of thing. I've seen it, you know what I'm saying? But when you read that verse... It means abundant peace, abundant joy, abundant love, abundant forgiveness. When's the last time that you thought about having abundant forgiveness? That you would walk out in such a way that you would have no expectations of the other people. Because forgiveness isn't saying, I forgive you, I release you. It's literally saying, I lay down every expectation At the foot of the cross, I completely give you over to the Lord. Whatever he has for you is what he has for you, but I release you and I bless you. It transforms relationships. So I told you all that my mom is an alcoholic and a drug user. Y'all, 
Can you see the smile on my face, though, when I talk about her? I went through years of just so much anger for her. How could you? How could you let people do that to us? How could we, how could you let us be abused? How could you let people do things to your babies and stand by? She was pimped out for drugs and we had to sit in the car? How could you do that? How could you take us to those places? I was so angry. I was much more angry when I became a Christian, actually. Isn't that funny? Because suddenly I was like, I'm so holy and you're so not, you know, and I'm going to make sure that you know all the ways that you're not. And the Lord came, you guys, I did this fast for 40 days. I tease all the time and I say it was on day 38 before he could break through because my heart was so hardened to her. But I won, I knew I was supposed to, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? What is you're supposed to this morning? I'm supposed to forgive. I'm supposed to be kind. I'm supposed to have joy. I'm supposed to have peace. I'm not supposed to have anxiety. All the shoulds, right? Well, that was mine in that moment. I'm supposed to forgive, but I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I think I can. And then she comes home and she's like, here's my lesbian friend. And it's just that it's convenient. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with you because I don't know how to engage where you're at. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't want to walk in condemnation, but I don't know how to love you either. And I have all these expectations of you. What do I do with that? How can I really love? And the Lord breaks in, you guys. And this is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and the Lord prompts me and says, ask me to see her the way that I see her. Ask me. And you know what I say? I don't want to. I don't want to feel sorry for her. She's done all these bad things to me. I don't want to have pity for her. Get real. That is my point. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that it was easy. I'm going to stand up here and tell you that I argued with the Lord. I don't want to. It's hard. It's painful. I might see things that are hard and painful but I'll do it. I'll yield. I will yield in this moment because what I know about the word and about you and your truth and your character is bigger than this. I know it and I want it, but I'm going to need you to help me. So I yield. I ask to see her and I, I see her. You guys, I get this visual of her and she's just, she's wrapped in chains and the Lord has a sense of humor. Any of y'all know he's funny, right? He's like, hey, remember that crossroads you were at? Remember that one where you were like, this is so painful and hard, and I'm at a crossroads. Well, he shows me that she's been at the crossroad, but she chose to go left. She went the way of destruction. And for her, in that moment, there was no coming back. And when he showed that to me, I realized it could have been me. She just made the other choice, and it broke me open, and forgiveness came, and then all these expectations of what she should and shouldn't do and who she should and shouldn't be and all of that stuff. And I'm not talking about, you know, smoking weed with me and the kids in the car. Obviously, there are boundaries and all of those things. So I'm not talking about permission for harmful things, but I'm talking about 
It just never occurred to her to do that anymore. I don't know how to explain it, but when you authentically love someone, they can feel it. They can see it. And suddenly, the way that you feel authentically loved by the Lord, you begin to become that for them, right? So we are Jesus for the world until they meet him. And so as I began to authentically love her, she began to change. You guys, I, I can't tell you where she's at in her process, but I can tell you that she says to me, I thank God for you. I'm like, what? You have this relationship with the Lord? She wrote me a card the other day. I got it in the mail. I keep it in my Bible. And it said, I'm pretty sure you're an angel. <laughs> like, we won't talk about theology, but... Um, I feel like God gave me an angel in you. I just am so overwhelmed by who you are. Don't hear this to be about me, you guys. This has nothing to do with me. I'm just the person in her life who says, God has changed me and he can change you too. And if it's for me, it's for you, right? Why? Sanctification. What is sanctification? Yielding. It's yielding. All right, so are you willing to yield? As we finish this up, I want you to think to yourself, okay, let me encourage this. If your leaders came before the throne of God this week and said, I'm willing to yield, do you think it could be a possibility that you might have some things to also yield? That you might not be perfect, And I don't say that with tongue-in-cheek. It's just that sometimes we can come into something like this and we can think, no, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm in a good spot. I mean, I feel like I've forgiven and I'm not really that angry. And I go to Wendy's and I smile at the lady, you know. So I think I'm doing pretty good. I didn't beat my kids today. All of those things, right? But God has so much more, and he wants to take you deeper. So if you're sitting here thinking, not me, this isn't for me, stop. It is for you. Would you be willing to yield? Lord, Lord, y'all say it with me. Lord, I'm yielding to you today. Whatever you have for me is exactly what I want. Amen. Okay, so at the beginning of our Christian lives, do y'all ever, so when I first became a Christian, people would talk about stuff, and I would be like, why they got to use vocabulary I've never even heard of before? Why do they do that? Who, what are they trying to prove right now? You know, I, hold on, let me get my dictionary. You know, this was before we had cell phones, right? You know, now when they say crazy things, I'm like, Google, what does it mean about third heaven portal, blah, blah, you know, whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Justin. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I love Justin and Lisa so much. We have laughed this week. We have cried. We've cried a lot this week. We've prayed for y'all this week. They are amazing leaders. They're a gift. All right. So at the beginning of our Christian lives, we experience something called regeneration, okay? Regeneration is the act of God. 
That is where he comes in and he offers new spiritual life to us. It's exactly like what you think about with a butterfly or something like that, right? It's regeneration. It's I'm going to give you something new so that you are born again into a new creation, okay? And then we respond to that. You're all sitting here, hopefully, maybe not. Maybe you're not saved. We'll talk about that. But we respond to that, and then we experience our conversion. Okay, so we're converted. And what that means is we were this way. We were living toward death, and now we are living to life as Christ in us, right? So we now are converted. It literally means a turning. And then in that moment, something really beautiful happens, and we become justified, okay? We become justified and that means that we're legally forgiven by God. So we have this encounter. There's regeneration. We respond. We, can, we have a conversion moment. We recognize that we're justified. Most of us hear some sort of gospel presentation that says Jesus paid it all. If you were standing before the throne of God, he says paid in full. Your debt is gone. Okay? But, some, and that's justification, Right? So all the shuns, regeneration, conversion, justification. But there's a part, there's something in us that doesn't always get to the next part. Do you know what the next part is? It is sanctification. But we can do that because of adoption. Adoption. And that's what I want you to hear today is some of us get stuck between justification and adoption. We're living out here in la-la land saying, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, but I have no idea who I am. I have no idea that my father is the creator of the universe, and he's my father. I'm his son. I am his daughter. I am his beloved. When we look at our own children, we don't think, well, we might think you're annoying, but (laughs) I was going to say we think only sweet things, but... When we look at our own children, our hearts are for them, right? They are ours. Y'all, I have a grandbaby. He is, he'll be a year old next month. And when he, he is absolutely the highlight of my life. Like, I'm telling you something, get through this parenting gig because the, the grandparenting stage is so freaking amazing, all right? So here's what happens. They're, they come and you're like, oh. I just, you're mine. Like, I love you so much. Every part of you, I just, uh, okay. And I do that, uh, you know, squeeze them. But I don't have to worry about your sleep schedule, your your eating (laughs) schedule. Who's going to watch you when I go have my steak dinner tonight? Any of that. So there's some sort of freedom that comes with it, right? Just this beautiful thing. But what happens with these precious mm, grandbabies is they also know they are yours. It's the most pure love I have ever experienced. So he is not quite a year yet. He can't speak, but he wants me to know that I love him and that he loves me. Will you come up and be my demonstrator? I want you all to see this is going to make you uncomfortable. Okay? No? I want you to see how uncomfortable I'm going to make you, but you need to see what he does to me. Okay? He grabs my cheeks and he goes like this. And it's forehead to forehead because he, in that moment, he wants me to know I am yours and you are mine, right? That's our God. 
I am yours and you are mine, forehead to forehead, breath to breath. He breathes his very life into us, right? I am yours and you are mine. Why? Why are you walking around not knowing that? I haven't just saved you, although that would be enough, right? If he saved you, your eternal salvation was secure, and that's all he did. Wouldn't that be enough? Thank you, God, for saving us, but it's not. He saves us with a purpose because the desire of his heart is, I am yours, and you are mine. I am yours, and you are mine. Are you getting it? Say that to him. I am yours, and you are mine. And that's why the sanctification process means anything. Who cares what you look like on the outside? Who cares? I don't care if you still cuss. I dropped one or two this week, okay? I don't care if you still struggle with this or that. I don't care. What I care about is, but are you being transformed from the inside out because the love of the Father overwhelms you? Because you're so known, you're so totally known and accepted and loved that you can't help but respond, that you can't help but be moved and drawn and attached forehead to forehead. I am yours and you are mine. And whatever you want, I say yes. I say yes. The rest of that stuff will come. I don't know if I'll ever not cuss. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know because I don't want to have a thing that makes me okay. I don't want to have a thing that makes me acceptable. I want to know that I'm walking in relationship with the Lord. I'm not talking about a lack of holiness. Don't, y'all don't come and like come at me afterwards, okay, and talk to me about, y'all just don't do that, all right? (laughs) I have my boots on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not talking about a lack of holiness at all. But what I'm saying is, are you doing the things that you're doing because you're being drawn in by the Father and because your heart is exploding from that place? Okay? All right. Don't get stuck there. Let me give you a couple of verses to go with this. Romans 8.30, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Why? I am yours and you are mine. And when you know that and you walk in that place of adoption, you bring glory to the Father. People who don't know the Lord say things to you like, I think you're an angel. Right? Not because you're perfect in any way, but there's something that you have that they want and it brings glory to him. John 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. You have the right to be his child. It's yours. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough, right? He doesn't break off relationship with you today because you've disappointed him. It doesn't work like that. You are his You are his, and he is yours, and he's in a loving relationship with you. He brings correction when we need it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I had a moment probably about six months ago. I was sitting on the bed, and I was reading in Revelation, and I just, 
I, I got so hit in this corrective moment by the Lord about people being his. I was judging. I know y'all don't ever do that, right? You know, well, if they would just listen to me because I know what to do, blah, 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 right? And I got hit in this loving correction, but I'm yielded. And so it doesn't feel like a bad thing. It feels actually really good. And I'm so thankful for it because it changes me into his image. Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Are you not feeling this morning like a child of God? Are you saying, I, I hear you and I think it sounds really awesome, but I don't feel that way. If that's you, the Spirit bears witness to that. So let's ask him, Holy Spirit, would you bear witness to me right now? I'm adopted that I am a child of God. And would you just receive his love for you? Just receive it. Listen, I don't know if y'all know this, but it's all of our first time on earth. It is. Our parents, our grandparents, us. It's our first time. We're not experts, right? We spend the rest of our lives trying to walk out in this truth right here that I'm talking about. I don't know anybody who has it all together. We want to live like children of God with this pureness of heart, with this desire to be with him. This is the real application of the gospel. This is it. This is the journey with him. This is what you wake up for day to day to day. I think amazing moments. I think when you come here and you get hit with the power of God or you have an encounter or an experience or whatever are incredible. But don't miss out on the day-to-day that his desire is to know you, is to be with you, is to encounter you in the secret place, is to draw you near, is to put his forehead with yours, is to say, I am yours and you are mine. And that's intimate. That's intimate. This is extra. That is the juice, right? That's the stuff. A great message isn't going to change your life. I'd like to say that it is right now. I'd like to say that I have the best message you've heard all year, and you're going to leave here and be transformed. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. Being in a great church isn't going to change your life. I'd like to say that coming here every Sunday and worshiping together and all of that is going to change your life. These are things that the Lord uses But what is going to change your life is none of this external stuff. I know that I'm beating a dead horse, but I want you to hear it. Like, I want when I leave here, I want you to go, I don't even remember her name. But what happened for me that day is that I recognized how intimate the Lord is, how much he loves me and the desire of his heart to be in relationship with me. 
and that all that other stuff is amazing, but it's just the extra. He, he is what I'm after. Here's the good news. You don't have to strive. You don't have to check the boxes and have your prayer journal out and do your acronyms like that. It's time. That's what you need is time. You need time in the secret place with him. You need time in his word. You need time where you approach the throne of God and you say, I'm going to open up today to Psalms, Lord, and I want to be with you. I want to encounter you right here, right now. And I'm making space and I'm making room. What do you want me to know about you? I know that you know this, but if we talk on the phone and I do all the talking, that's not really a relationship right? If whenever we do talk, I only tell you all about me, that's not really a relationship. You'll know a lot about me, but will I know very much about you? No. Get to know this God, (laughs) the one who says, I am yours and you are mine. Get to know him. Whose are you? If you're an adopted son or daughter of the king, who is the king? What privileges come with that? Not, and I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about freedom, authority, anointing, all of the things. Being who you are, who you were created to be, comes in that place of knowing him. So when you show up and you hear a good sermon or you listen to a podcast or you watch a YouTube video, again, that's all extra. That is not getting to know him. Don't lie to yourselves and say, I know God. I took this class on Wednesday. I was at church on Sunday. I listened to, you know, this really great podcast, and I watched four YouTubes this week. I know God. That's all head knowledge. That's all cognitive knowledge. Are you encountering and experiencing him through the word, through prayer, through time alone, through the secret place? None of this is in my notes. Is that not hilarious? <laughs> Let me figure out where I am. Okay, so here we go. How is that accomplished? By God the Father. Go read Jude 1. You want to see how that's accomplished. It's by God the Father. By God the Son, Hebrews 2, 11. By the Holy Spirit. Go read all of Romans, okay? That's your task there. All of Romans. And by the Word of God. John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify them by your truth, your word, is truth. When I first became a Christian, I did not know how to have quiet time. I asked everybody, how do you know the word? How do you know the Lord? What do you do in your quiet time? I was so hungry, and again, I wanted to check the box, right? And it took me a long time to come to this place where I, where I figured out, so to speak, how to encounter the Lord in the word. And so now what I do is I go really slow. I'm actually doing a mentorship group right now, And I kind of giggled because I wrote this week and we got through, are you ready? One verse for the whole week. One verse in Philippians for the whole week. Because there's so much meat. There's so much meat. Why? Why go fast? Why? Why do we have to have five psalms and a proverb every day? Right? Freedom. God's like, I want to encounter you. Come spend time in this verse and let's see what happens in your heart. Let's see What's stirred up? Let's see what you can lay before me. Let's see what yieldedness looks like. You know what the verse was this week? 
Philippians 1, verse 20, where he says, I have a hopeful expectation. I get so excited about hopeful expectation, right? Y'all, I'm going to preach another sermon after this one, okay, about hopeful expectation. No, I won't. Maybe. We'll see. But what I love about the word is that you're not called to perfection. You don't have to come clean and pure and ready with your little boxes. You just come and you just yield. That's what you do. So I feel like you're at your own crossroads right now today. I hope that you're at a crossroads today. I hope that you came in and said, whoa, I want to be different. I have a choice today. I have a choice to continue in patterns in the things that make me feel good on the outside, or I have a choice to be sold out, sold out to what he has for me and what he wants to do in me because nothing else is really important. I don't think we're going to get to the end of their life and our lives and think, I wish I would have done one more crunch. <sighs> I'm not. <laughs> I can tell you. I wish I would have run one more mile. Nope, not me. Not me. But I do think we'll get to the end of our lives and say, do I know him? Am I sure? Not out of fear, but have I spent any time knowing the Father? That's far more important. I am with you. I have every excuse in the world not to do it. I got to get this done. I got to get my workout in. I got to get dinner prepped before I go to the office. I got to get the... We've been selling our house, you guys. Y'all know what you have to do to have people come in and look at your personal bedroom? It's so weird, right? So I got to make my bed every day and wipe everything down and all of that. But does it keep me from being with the Father? Because if it does, who cares, right? Who cares? I'm not trying to belittle the things that we have in our life. I'm just trying to get us all to get to this place where we go, Oh my gosh, you're right. I just put all the things of the world in front of it. If morning is not your time, it's not always my time. I love to do it at night. I know this is going to shock y'all, but you can binge Netflix anytime. Anytime. Those shows will still be there. Have you spent time with him first? Not in a legalistic way, but he's calling you. He's drawing you. He wants to be with you. He, he wants to put his head to yours and say, I am yours and you are mine. Are you responding to it? Okay, enough about that. What does it look like to yield? God speaks through the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, the Word, through prayer, through circumstances, through the church. He speaks in many ways. Are we listening to that? And he pursues a continuing love relationship with you. Here's the deal. Those unredeemed parts of our hearts are our wounds. There are hurts and our hangups. So if you feel like... Don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but have any of you felt like, I hear what you're saying, but I've done all that, and I still just don't feel like I am that close to the Lord. If that is the case, there's some stuff, maybe some inner vows or some lies that you've been believing that need to be rooted out, and that's where prayer ministry comes in. The point of prayer ministry isn't so we can look at our belly buttons and go, what in me? What in me? What in me? And we're not chasing fruit so you can be a better person on the outside. The point of prayer ministry is to say what's getting between you and Jesus. What's getting in the way from you, not from him. Let's remove it. Doesn't that sound like freedom? Yes? Amen. 
God is inviting you. He's inviting you today into a deeper level of his presence. And so, Wayne, would you come up and just play keys? And I would love to just allow some space for that. I have, I have no idea what time we were supposed to end. I forgot to ask. Are we good? Do we have a few minutes to do this? Okay. All right. So if you would be willing, whoever is on lights, would you dim the lights? Can we? I'm super bossy today. They're like, it would be great if you asked these things ahead of time, huh? There we go. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So if you would be willing, just close your eyes. Would you just take a deep breath in? Bring your bodies just to submission. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this intimate place of our hearts right now. Would you invite him in? Come, Lord, come. And God, would you take inventory? Would you show me the areas that have not yielded to you? speak to you. Sometimes it's a picture or it's words or it's a feeling. But Lord, I want to tune in. in this particular situation today. And I want to yield it to you. And just tell him what you're afraid of. What's kept you from yielding this to him? What are you afraid of? Lay it at his feet. Whisper it so your neighbors don't hear what you are going to give him, what you're willing to give him to yield to him right now. Jesus, I yield.
answers, but you do, God. You do, Lord. You are trustworthy. If you need to yield your marriage to him today, would you be willing to do so, Lord? I yield my marriage to you. Do the work in me, God. Do the work in me. I yield to you. I yield my singleness. I yield the desires of my heart. I yield my hope deferred. I yield. asking for a divine exchange, Lord. These things that I've yielded to you, God, completely trusting you. Would you let us leave here with hope today? Thank you for listening. For more messages and other resources, please subscribe to this podcast or go to our website at www.crosskingdom.org.